Theory Podcast. Hello, people. Usually when I start, I want to yell. Just, I get very excited, but also I don't want to destroy your uh, ears. Let me try again. Ooh. I think it's not bad. <laughs> I'm very excited. All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to Creative Theory Podcast. It's a show that brings you conversations with visual artists about how they got to where they got, what their day-to-day is like, what their thoughts on the art world are, their goals, their struggles, and a lot, a lot more. Um, today, uh, very excited to this to have this special human being in the studio. He's a illustrator. He's also a video game artist working on VR games, as I understand. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more. Also, he's a fine artist who has an upcoming show at... Uh, Slice of Life Gallery and Studios on Venable Street, and the show is called Sirens of Soar. Hopefully I'm saying it right. It's going to be on March 15th, and uh, once again, we'll probably get into that as well. Uh, all the nitty-gritty. Will Phillips, how's it going? Thank you for joining. Hey. Yeah, thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Are you enjoying this very, very sunny day? Sure am, yeah. I was wearing a t-shirt outside today. Yeah, not bad. Um, so before we get into the art show and the fine art side of things, which I really want to get into... Uh, first of all, as I was trying to do research on you, because, well, as I kind of have to try to figure out a little bit, know about the guests, you're actually, you don't have a lot of, your online presence is not very heavy, which is kind of <laughs> mad, uh, special for these days. Yeah, I, uh, that's a skill I've yet to, to learn. Um, I'm trying to do that slowly so I don't get overwhelmed by it, but uh, making a website and all that sort of stuff. For some reason, it seems like a battle, even though it's so easy nowadays with Wix and and those apps you can use. So it wasn't conscious that like you're you're not trying on purpose to stay out of it. You're just like not in a rush to get there. Yeah, not in a rush. I think um, I'm enjoying the more like local kind of hearsay of it, where you you do something and people around you kind of know about it, and then it kind of extends further. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the organic way, I guess that's uh, yeah. It seems more genuine. Yeah, it just seems kind of fun for now. I mean, I'm sure, you know, like anything, you gotta, you gotta adapt yourselves to the climate that we're in. So, I'll probably have that like online presence at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you really don't post much about your kind of, let's say, career work side. Or uh, to be honest, like I like I was uh, messaging you before I. I, I don't know if I've seen because I, I think you mentioned some games that you worked on which mm. uh, I got to see the final result but I don't think you post much from your uh, I mean I don't know like 3D concept design side yeah I haven't been posting 3D stuff since uh, you know for years um, oh sorry uh, all good <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't been posting 3D stuff for a long time but I think that I've mostly been focusing on personal stuff lately just to try and get in the rhythm of it and i i do enjoy the 3d side um Mm -hmm. it's not maybe i guess it's it's more like if it's company stuff i don't really share it because it's not a finished product and then there's the whole like liability aspect (laughs) of it (laughs) uh but so then would you if you could yeah, I, I mean, I would. I, it's the other problem is like, for instance, you know, you were saying like I, I work in VR, um, so some of the stuff I make has to be a certain resolution, and it has to be, uh, you know, it, it sort of like doesn't really work in a picture because you have to experience it by standing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you should come by the studio sometime and try out the, our our games. Yeah, I, w- I would love to. Uh, honestly, my perception of it, and I guess I clearly got it wrong. I thought you're. 
uh, trying to keep the digital side from the fine art side separate and on the on your Instagram account. And uh, I guess as we're speaking about, it, we should tell people it's sketchbork. Yeah, yeah. Why, why sketchbork? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I was just looking for a name because I I was new to Instagram and I I typed in that and and then the problem is like once you start being known by it, like I did a couple of murals and I wrote that yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah. So I tried changing it and then I realized like that's kind of dumb because so <laughs> now I'm just stuck with. You're this. stuck with sketchwork. <laughs> oh well, well uh, while we're talking, uh, if you're listening, you want to check out some art uh, as we're chatting about it. But uh, the reason my assumption was is because. I've noticed that, especially in the fine art world, like the traditional medium uh, side, uh, it it seems to benefit. Well, I don't know. That's a perception. Benefit people more when they're only show that one side because I feel like there's a bit of a stigma or just like a different perception of when like you start starting to see digital art. You're almost kind of diluting this vision that you're trying to show to people. Hmm. Uh, do you mean digital art as in like digital painting or or, or like commercial work? You know. Commercial work. Yeah, I mean, I, I to be honest, I don't do much digital painting. I used to, I started doing digital painting when I was uh, in high school. Um, that's how I mostly did art, uh, with like a mouse in Photoshop. Old um, school, old school. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, now I've just, there's so much to explore with the traditional mediums that, uh, I, and, and, and when you work on a computer for your for your regular job, and you're spending hours each day uh, a week, you know, you, you don't, I mean, personally, I don't like coming home and then spending more time on that. Yeah, I relate to this so much. That's why I'm, <laughs> I always wonder how so many people do it. But yeah, I mean, some people are so prolific within their field. Yeah, it's amazing. And then, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. I do feel bad for my eyes and everyone else's eyes <laughs> and backs because, yeah, if you sit all day at work and then you go home and or whatever your studio and do some more, that's definitely a thing that's kind of tough for you i mean health-wise and then like even just inspiration and creativity right yeah i mean you, you need to find that balance i know what you're saying there's a artist um who works at uh, ea I, th- I i'm not sure which which ea campus but he works on need for speed and he does these cool awesome concept cars for work but then his online portfolio he makes like one a day and they're like fabulous and i'm like how does this guy only spend his time making these th- he has to there's no <laughs> other way to do it that's what i wonder about some artists too is that like because the quality of the f- uh, free time art is so good that mm-hmm. and once you know once you've made something you kind of have a grasp on how long roughly it can take so either they're magicians or that that's all they do and then you have to yeah think about what your priorities in life are right yeah, I mean, you can you, you especially if you if you nail a style, you can sort of uh, get yourself into a factory process, a little bit. What do you mean? Like you, you only stay in one kind of in this one little narrow path? Well, I mean, you know, there's there's uh, artists, for instance, you might see at conventions who are doing drawings really quickly, and uh, and their their quality is really high, and that's just because they've they've focused on a certain style or element that they like to you know that that's in their interest and so to an outside observer it's like how can you do that so fast yeah, 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 yeah. And, well hopefully it's in their interest too because there's this other side where if you get stuck with well yeah if you get stuck with this thing which is really successful and then either you try to push it or if you kind of stray from the from, straight from the path maybe mm. it doesn't work so well that, that's another yeah i would say challenge if you have a really strong style well it happens to musicians a lot right yeah totally yeah and then i guess if your livelihood depends on it then Mm-hmm. just makes it so much harder to switch which is kind of cool for us that we i guess have 
full-time jobs that are although are related mm-hmm. all i want to say is that they have this they give you freedom to not worry about the financial side of your f- traditional or personal fine art work right oh it's so nice i mean i i've never <laughs> had that uh i never had the experience of being a starving artist so i don't know what it's like <laughs> i mean i'm <laughs> sure there's I used to fantasize about it. I used to romanticize it a bit, um, but I think that uh, it's, it's sort of foolish to do that um, because you know you can you can be as successful as you want to be with this, you know with the resources you have. You mean it's foolish to be a starving artist? No, it's 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 foolish to romanticize ah. about that. If you have <laughs> money, it's like well. You know what, what is? <laughs> but what, what if you're missing on something? What if you're missing uh, this, the soul of your art is not there just because you're not starving? Well, yet? I think I think that's <laughs> that's why I used to fantasize about, it, and I think a lot of people do, is because they think if only I this is all I had, then I of course I'd throw myself into it. But you know that you can just build that momentum. You know, uh, you don't need to <laughs> be eating hand to mouth. If only you had that angst to push you and make you yeah. some <laughs> amazing art. Yeah, and then you realize, uh, yeah, I. I guess the path you you and I took went into this, uh, yeah. What do you call it? Entertainment world. Hmm. Y- yeah, it's like I mean, it's parallel to making personal work. It just looks different and for different purposes, right? But mm-hmm. um, do you feel like uh, when you're at work, you get to benefit your personal work? And once again, I will get into that. Um, uh, you do a lot of ink and oil work. I just want to say before, yeah. Do you, do you think it benefits your personal? I think I think they both inform each other for sure. Uh, my I work at a, a place called Charm Games, um, and we're in the VR industry, so we're making virtual reality games of our own IPs, which is uh, exciting and a bit stressful. Uh, it's a bit wild west out there right now, mm-hmm. um, and I've, I have an opportunity now working there, which I really like because I'm able to do a lot of the concepting. Um, animation rigging and modeling like kind of a, a overview kind of uh way of doing it because w- there's so few of us mm-hmm. so when i work on stuff on my own time a lot of times the things that i'm working on at work are, are kind of a they're kind of a big process so it i think about it when i'm not at work and then the the style that i'm putting things in work ends up influencing what i'm working on in a good way i think um, yeah that's what i was going to ask is that a good thing i mean as long as the projects are enjoyable yeah they're probably going to influence in a good way for sure and i mean uh i don't know i guess do you do any 3d work no i used to be an animator but then but only you know did a bit of modeling in school but that's about it that's just okay why well i i think that the 3d aspect of like working in 3d has helped me to my my own like visual spatial awareness when i'm drawing i'm able to like imagine things in ways that are that come more naturally to me because of 3d oh yeah and in that way it's really really helpful to to do that that's so important but it's quite incredible that you're like i guess jack of all traits and if you're a generalist at your work because you say you know Mm -hmm. you start from concept to modeling and even animation you really get to see it throughout the whole process um but the so you you do take your designs concepts to 3d mo- uh, 3d mm-hmm. model that that i find so important especially because you can if you if someone only did you know like let's say design work and they've never really experienced the 3d side of things i don't know played around the software mm-hmm. even uh, y- you can cheat so much with your drawings y- yeah and things can be broken so easily where because you know you, you don't go there but once you i mean if you do take it into 3d which is you do i imagine you realize quickly like how m- how many tricks you end up using in your drawings 
that are <laughs> probably really annoying if you're sending it off to a modeler or 3D modeler to make that. Uh, yeah, that's really cool that you do end up taking it. So I can see, yeah, especially that like working in 3D and visualizing, right? That's actually a big yeah. one. Being able to in your head see it from all angles, like because you have to think about it, right? Well, it, it's. Uh, I mean, ultimately, it's something I I wanted to do anyways. I I I wanted to have the whole process. I used to work with a couple uh, wonderful concept artists. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Lyra yeah. and uh, Hello. Um, another guy, uh, Brett, uh, and they were you know fantastic concept artists. But you're right, like especially since our art team was you know basically just myself and uh, uh, Derek, the art director, was doing some of the 3D stuff as well. They would make these fabulous illustrations and I couldn't re reproduce them um, <laughs> and and maybe with enough time I could but it was just it, w it was so difficult to kind of bridge that gap and now although my drawings that I do for concept art aren't nearly as beautifully rendered as theirs um, I can be like this is where this thing goes and that's what it looks like and this is how it's going to function and, and make it exactly how I drew it uh, which makes it a bit easier when we're when we're concepting out because it's a puzzle game. We're concepting mm -hmm. out puzzles and and how people interact with it. And yeah. it's a whole side of VR that that uh, is difficult that you don't find in other games. I think is that um, something has to look like you can grab it because you're actually in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, so everything has to be. Um has to follow the rules of the real world a little bit more, right? Yeah, you want to. You, we try and have it so that people can go in there and, and uh, instinctually uh, grab, uh, you know, play around with their environment. Uh, just let me know if I'm not speaking into this properly. No, you're, I think you're pretty good. Yeah, the closer the better. But you're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spit all over it either. <laughs> so then you do have to find yourself thinking about. Um, just human behavior and human brain a little bit more too just because you have to really consider how some someone is going to experience this game because they're going to be in that world hmm. actually i think it's similar to like uh product designers or industrial designers yeah, that's what i was going to say yeah um actually i i share we share the space with uh this other company it's a motorcycle company uh called nice. damon um and they they're making um basically like sensors for motorbikes so that basically like you have in, in cars now where they let you know if somebody's beside you or behind you yeah, yeah. they're making those and there's an awesome industrial designer there who i've been like talking to and he showed me his <laughs> sketchbook and stuff and it's it's cool because i'm because of the the, the nature of it being in vr and the way i concept it it's kind of similar to product to industrial design yeah, yeah, yeah i even use like the copic markers that they use and oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're <laughs> going you're going old school yeah yeah i love yeah. it it's fun i really like the look of uh the industrial design drawings because i guess you know it's very much uh the draftsmanship is really high oh, like scott robertson yeah, you know, yeah, yeah beautiful oh yeah and the fact that you see construction lines to me it's like i love seeing that mm. you know in comparison to a really polished drawing yeah like, yeah. yeah uh so i guess you're learning some tricks from the <laughs> industrial designs as well <laughs> i should i should try to to learn some from him i we I, we haven't talked too much about it but uh, mm -hmm. he's definitely open to talking more so it's nice it's cool uh but so how come did you uh, or how did you end up in this generous role do you call it that or how do you like what do you see your uh yeah i, I think basically i was working for a large company i was working at ea and um it's anybody who's worked there you know knows there's there's a good and bad side the good side is that it's really comfortable and they, they pay mm. you well and uh, and all that but the bad side is unless you're pretty high up and even then you're still sort of a cog in, a, in the machine mm -hmm. um as the saying goes it, 
Derek, uh, I'd worked with Derek, the art director, on a previous game before that, uh, a mobile uh, game, uh, sorry, Facebook game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was an art director on that project. So he was asking me while I was finishing my contract at EA if I was interested in joining them on the VR their VR project. Um, and, you know, I, I liked the idea of it. And so I started working there a couple times a week cause of, because of the budget and because I was trying to develop my own, um, you know, traditional stuff on the side. Yeah. And, uh, you know, out after a while working there, you know, just because of how small our team was and the kind of the complexity of working in VR now, you you have to wear a lot of hats. So mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, I was doing mostly just modeling and texturing. Okay. Uh, but then our first project was Form, and that was a uh, sort of like a psychedelic, futuristic uh, sci-fi game. It's, it's really a cool experience, but it's a lot of it's a lot of abstract animations. And I'm a terrible animator <laughs> uh so that was that was difficult but it was also very interesting and, and and then you know you just you you hit each challenge with with your own things and eventually you start getting decent at a few different things and and uh it, you know you make it work we, we obviously could hire a better animator or mm-hmm. a, a better concept artist or a, a better this and that but um it, it's if you have one person that specializes which we've had in the past we had people that specialize in the past yeah it's hard to bridge the gaps and 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 then it ends up being a bit um like you kind of don't the return of investment isn't very good yeah that's the thing about smaller teams and smaller projects right it, it's exa- exactly that and if you can do all those things and so but have you uh, have you been enjoying that that switch you know from 3d modeling to i i guess you're com- like learning on a job as you go all these other sides hmm yeah How's I, it been? I i love uh working in in vr and i like doing the the modeling aspect of it i i'm definitely not as excited about 3d modeling itself as i am traditional uh work now mm-hmm. um compared to when maybe i was going to school but uh the vr aspect makes it really compelling and and it's uh it's just a cool experience to be able to like imagine a temple room or room or something with all these you know interesting components like indiana jones and then mm-hmm you know make it in 3d and then like actually stand inside it and there's yeah. like these 20 or 100 feet statues there and uh i'm working on this environment right now um where it's these like three massive buddha statues and <laughs> you're standing in the palm of one of the hands wow. and you're doing something here uh, in front of you uh, a puzzle in front of you and then uh, a another massive statue moves its its arm and bridges a divide and wow. it's just cool to like put put all that into process it's kind of like filmmaking i guess in a sense but it's beyond that because like you said you get to experience it yeah mm, i yeah. remember um uh when i worked in games we we're doing some pitches for a member vr and that's one thing that you really want to get into and that's what you're describing is that like that sense of scale that you'll never experience in your life you know what i mean like mm. when are you going to stand in this like skyper sky cr- skyscraper <laughs> yeah. size buddha and then like and see all, that's to me that's the really exciting part i remember they um they took one of our games, which was actually even mobile game, but they put it into VR engine, and uh, yeah, just walking around the things you've designed, it's just I, I can see why you're so excited about it because it's yeah. such a comp- such an incredible feeling. Yeah, even just you know doing a drawing and then having it projected on a sphere and being inside of it, that's uh, mm-hmm. it's a new feeling. So, so have you have you tried the the uh, what do they call that? The, where you you paint a, a three a three sixty sphere or something? Um, <coughs> 
do you do it within the within the software in VR? Or do well, you do I've seen people paint it, and then like uh, you can kind of on Facebook, you can kind of like look yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I haven't done that. What I've done is no, just because they put the game into the uh, into VR, it's mm. just like certain assets you've designed are there. Oh, there. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, got to kind of walk inside the game that was not even meant to be for mm-hmm. VR, but. Uh, I yeah. don't know, just like standing around these characters and especially if you scale them up. That was actually the Iron Maiden game. Uh, and like, you know, they scale them up so they're like way taller than you. So you're just walking around these giants and they're animated. So yeah. it, it, it's really surprising how quickly your brain starts um, uh, kind of be- uh, believing and s- suspending reality even though everything else is stylized. But because you're, yeah, it just like really messes with your brain. <laughs> you're walking around the things and they seem kind of alive, you know, they're there. Yeah, it's also really satisfying to... Um, to show people who uh, who get blown away by it, I brought my friend Taryn to our studio to do uh, just to try some of our games, and uh, she was like rolling on the floor, like having such a good time. Like <laughs> she's like in a forest or something like that. And there's other people that'll stand there with the headset on. It'll just like stand rigid as a board and like look straight <laughs> ahead, and you're like, "Come on, you know, play around, yeah, do yeah. something." But I, I guess it's a big shocking experience. So, do you think that's the future? Are we going there? Is that happening? Oh, I, I don't know. Most likely, we're going to be enveloped by this virtual domain. <laughs> you know, I, I just hope that we do it in a in a ethical way and, and in a way that uh, that is is best for for everybody. I can't see it. I can't see how we wouldn't. It just seems like that's where it's oh, yeah. going. But what do you mean ethical? So what what are the? I mean, you're in it. What are the what what are the dangers or pitfalls that you're seeing? I mean, I think it's it's not dissimilar to the dangers in, say, AI and um, robotics. All, all these technologies have the they have the runaway effect mm. issue, right? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. that we haven't tackled yet. Um, so so you're, you're saying the Matrix is real? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just rewatching that movie uh, the other day, and it's kind of funny how it actually becomes closer to rea- reality as the time goes on right you know yeah because like oh yeah i can i can see that being <laughs> happening yeah it's <laughs> funny i i just watched that uh, again recently too yeah. um but uh, yeah and black mirror and all that i think these oh, are yeah. compelling stories but they're also important because uh, these are real possibilities and uh, that's what i like is that it is it's coming from the artistic side these um i don't know if they're lessons but they're almost like cautionary tales mm. and once again it, it because it it a lot of these things are possibilities they're not maybe they're not so far from the truth you know or from a possible reality mm-hmm. I, I like the fact uh, i like an idea when art can influence other aspects of life or careers and like that's like such a successful way of doing it especially with black mirror yeah i um i'm also like i i've interesting what you said there like i i'm trying to explore how art is uh art can kind of transcend those different boundaries because obviously you know some somebody can't have a direct line to the robotics engineer at say DARPA but (laughs) they can make a very compelling movie or illustration that uh, maybe makes reaches them through social media and then they're like oh wow maybe I shouldn't put guns (laughs) on this thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like I I was joking you know how now you can or I've seen some like have you seen the drone racing how the oh, no. they I don't know. There's a YouTube video where I think they an, are in a warehouse, um, abandoned warehouse, and they're flying drones. But so each drone has a camera, and they're racing through this 
warehouse as if like you know you're playing like mm. i don't know a need for speed game but like was flying Optional robots course, yeah. but you know it's real things and i was joking like now just put some guns on it and then shoot one another but then yeah imagine like how quick that's gonna get out of control it's that <laughs> runaway effect right yeah. like uh it's it's such a it's like you know what you, the, the the interesting thing about it is i liken it to like black magic you know like in medieval times or whatever there was this like dark magic yeah. that somebody would like go off into a like a big tower and spend like go crazy and madness working on this <laughs> thing and summon it's like it's similar to that in a sense like you have engineers who spend a lot of time with other engineers making things not really looking at the final product not really looking at what what long-term happiness yeah, yeah. means to everybody in the world and uh it's it's similar like i think that's there's a reason why those stories exist well it's, i mean <laughs> you look at real life and look at the history of nuclear weapons right mm -hmm. that's like that here's an exact example yeah. of that how something that's just an idea gets so out of control it's yeah and it's not sinister madmen doing this, like trying to orchestrate the world. It's no, no, no. It's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just, I guess it's like curiosity and pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. You're a black magician. You're. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bringing about the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, do you feel, because you're in a smaller team, do you feel like you can make a big impact on what you're creating in the product, especially compared to EA? Definitely. And I mean, that's, that's ultimately why I, I really wanted to work for a small company again. I, at, when I was at EA, I swore I wouldn't work for a big company again. Um, <laughs> and, and the cool thing is, is because the, the VR market is so new, um, anything we do as a company or, or even down to the individual affects the whole industry um, in the same mm -hmm. way that, like, you know, 3D movies were a big fad. And uh, Avatar came along and showed a really good 3D movie that was like, wow, like, you can imagine this world with all these plants and, you know... And it's, it's beautiful, uh, which inspired a lot of people to make 3D movies. But then you had just tons of movies that were just adapted after yeah. the fact or, or made, you know, not with much thought in mind. And they didn't respect the medium. And it, 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 it uh, soiled the water a little bit, yeah. you know. So you, do you feel like you're, I guess, at the tip of a spear then as far as VR goes? Yeah, I think there's a few companies out there that are making compelling experiences and it's going to push the industry forward. And then there's a lot of games, especially on like Steam, that are either games that they've just added VR to later, mm, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. Doom and, and, and stuff like that. And then there's other games that they're just trying to get something on the market. So they... they make penny shooters and, and whatnot it's almost like uh it's almost like missing the point of this uh new powerful tool that they got yeah and it's unfortunate because the you know if you have a lot of ex if you have a lot of experiences that are just like not worth it it's not gonna it, it might it has the danger of of actually pulling everything down with it you know yeah and or then again like maybe what people want is something that's n not as deep as it could be you know some hmm. It's like sometimes you watch a really good movie that's unappreciated or something where it's like, okay, maybe this is a little too complicated for the, uh, maybe for the general masses. W what I'm saying is that VR allows you to do these things you could never do. Like maybe instead of a game, maybe it's just a, or I mean, you could call it a game, but maybe the experience is to travel to distant galaxies and hmm. like feel like a god or something like and yeah. fly through space. You know, you could do that or you could do a game where you run around and kill zombies what's gonna sell i don't know maybe the zombie game is gonna sell more and and, and so then you realize uh, yes it has a lot of potential but what is actually gonna make money and i know it's once again that's a completely different conversation but uh, kind of going back to yeah what the tool is and how it can be either misused or just like not reaching its full potential you know what i mean 
Definitely. And I mean, I would, what I would say to that is that uh, there are games out there where you're just shooting waves of zombies, and there's some that are really fun. No, I, I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. But there's so many of them that people can, because they're because they're based off of an existing like idea, it's, it's, you know, it's not too difficult to reproduce it. And there's a lot of those types of games that people make quickly or they, or they don't put much heart into it. And that's the, those are the games I'm talking about. I think there are obscure games that don't sell well, as you say, due to the nature of them just being different. Mm -hmm. Um, but when they're crafted really well, like it shows and it, and it, it, I think it still improves the, it gets people's creativity moving. I guess a good example is that game Journey, right? Uh, yeah. That, uh, I mean, it was really just about a journey, and it was so different, but yet it actually captured the audience. But, yeah. uh, like, a, I realize I'm a hypocrite as I'm saying it, because, I mean, the parallel to that is, like, you know, TV. You could be watching Discovery Channel, or you could be watching some, I don't know, some cartoon. Yeah. I mean, VR is just that. You know, you could be in flying around galaxies. I don't know if that's... You, you know, the, the example, like, you, you could be learning or just, like, shooting zombies, and I guess there's... Time and space for both. So, yeah, and then and then uh, you know if you if you compare to say how Discovery Channel or the History Channel has produced content, and then you compare it to like HBO, you know one one channel really cares about what they're putting out there and really has intention behind it, and they're successful and and they reach a wide audience, and then the other one had a good idea and then sort of s just gave it up to whoever was was willing to make a show and. You know they reached a wide audience, but they didn't. It, it didn't. Uh, it's not going to leave a legacy. The the HBO side. No, no uh, like like History Channel and, and all that. Now, I mean, it's a lot of just kind of shows that you put on and mindless shows. You know what I mean? Okay, sorry. Yeah, I guess I missed your point. So what you're saying because they're just not crafted uh, as well and not uh, kind of like that care, I guess. And you're saying anyone, like made by anyone, so it's not really. Uh, yeah, like um, what I'm saying is that you know you can make content that reaches a lot of people that is that is shallow, or you can make content that reaches a lot of people that is interesting. The one that's interesting is going to leave a legacy, and the one that's mm, shallow. Okay, sorry. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I totally see what you mean. <clears throat> but uh, I feel like there has to be, or and there is, you know, there is a balance too. I think you can do both. You can hmm. tell, like, tell some interesting information, but do it in an entertaining way. Like I'm trying to think. Um, have you seen uh, Imitation Game? Oh wait, uh, what's that again? It's the one about uh, cracking the code, Nazi codes. Uh, I think it was uh, not the one with Turing in it, right? Alan Turing. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, so the crack. Um, uh, what's his name? Anyways, don't remember the actor. I know ben Benedict. There you go, that guy. Anyways, but <laughs> that movie, after watching it, not only was emotional, and I'm sure you know they exa exaggerated a bunch of things, mm -hmm. but that movie made me want to go and like read and research on what actually happened. So yeah, I think there's ways of doing that where this entertainment can just like lead you towards actual education. Yeah, it, no, and, and if it's done well, for sure, I I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that at all. <sighs> I took us I took us uh, on a little tangent <laughs> there. Yeah, uh, how did you end up getting into because um, uh, into the digital world and why? Because you just you just mentioned that you're actually enjoying the traditional. Hmm. side more how did it end up happening like how did your path look like well i actually i didn't intend to be i didn't want to become a 3d modeler <laughs> i wanted to become a concept artist okay. when i was younger it, you know as clear as anyone's vision is at that age but uh i went to like a one week trial at art institute of vancouver yeah. and uh and there was a uh 
3D instructor there, or, or I can't remember what instructor it was, but I was talking to him about wanting to be a concept artist. And he's like, oh, you can't get a job doing... He didn't see my work. He just, like, said that, as a matter of fact, you know, there, there, people don't get hired as concept oh, artists. You just go into 3D, and, and then, you, you know, that's that's how you get in the industry. And I guess I just took it for truth. Um, but it's not true. I mean, if you're, if you're passionate and you care about it, you can do that sort of stuff. But, uh, I, I mean, I also was interested in... in, in in 3d and games because when i was in high school i would like make custom mods for warcraft 3 and i would do all like the skins and all this stuff and make campaigns and and that was a lot of fun because that's my childhood too really (laughs) (laughs) oh i I love that that whole side of it and i I can see it reflected in your a bit in a bit of in your art and i mean uh, yeah, that's that's all I do. Never leaves like, you. Yeah, yeah. Blizzard uh, definitely affected <laughs> my childhood. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see much Blizzard in your art though. Where's uh, all the orcs? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're all at, like the. <laughs> it's all like work side. I have to. I could show you later. I'm working uh, doing some pieces for portfolio. I mean, it's not orcs, but that that's that stuff always always fast. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems so much fun. Like it just feels like childhood to me, and I can see like there's room for this kind of goof, mm-hmm. goofy. I don't know if it's goofy, but just like fun adventures you know lord of the rings feel yeah, vibes yeah. and all that yeah yeah and clearly <laughs> people relate to that but at uh at charm like the vr company they're always like getting at me because i i make like a i make like a lord of the rings reference probably like once a day <laughs> and now it's just a thing like they come to expect <laughs> they're they're yeah every day they're just waiting for one you're educating them about the movie yeah yeah so okay let's see so you said you did that the, i guess the thing about art art institute is um yeah that's where I mean. That's where I studied as well, and I went into animation. But for me, where like for you, someone like it was a teacher who told you not to pursue concept art. And there's some truth to that. It is hard, a lot harder to mm-hmm. get into kind of straight out of school. Doesn't mean it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, who knows? But yeah, I don't know how to think about that advice. I mean, it works and it doesn't. I mean, that's actually what happened with me is that I went through animation and then realized I still want to paint more than I want to animate. Mm-hmm. So made the transition, but. Um, I think it was family who were saying that, you know, yeah, illustration or concept art, they're all, like, way more competitive fields. And it's Your just, family. I think, like, family and family friends. I just remember, like, as I was considering what to do, I was like, well, you know, this seems to be a little riskier, so mm-hmm. how about you do this? And, and not that it wasn't, like, it wasn't just their decision, but I remember, like, that as an advice. And Yeah. I mean, it actually worked out, so I don't really, I don't know what it would have been like. Because, as you know, as you're saying right now, you know, doing 3D modeling or animation makes your art so much stronger because you you look at visual art from a dis- different perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, does it have gesture? Does it move? Or in your case, like, uh, do the volumes work? Is there, uh, I guess, uh, like, is it looking too flat? What's wrong? And then I'm sure as a side effect, a good side effect, you end up learning a lot of anatomy just because mm-hmm. that's what you have to know, right? Yeah. So is that, is that how it was? Was it, was it a... If you could go back, would you change the path or no? Or, I mean, that's like decision. <laughs> I, I wonder. I mean, I think if you change any key component in your life, you're going to end up with a different result. So totally. who knows if it's better? But uh, Exactly, yeah. I do think that if, say, both of us had uh, gone maybe straight into just trying to make it as a traditional artist, you know, um, it's not easy out there, even if you're really good. But it, you're saying traditional artist, not concept artist, because, you know, there's a... Or, or which one? Yeah, sorry. Uh, tradition, I meant traditional artist, but... I and. I think for concept artists, it's uh, concept artists. I think is easier than doing a traditional artist in that you get you usually get a, at least a contract to work somewhere, and so you can have sustainable income for you know maybe six months at a time. Mm. Whereas like a traditional artist, like a pure traditional yeah, artist, yeah. Um, you know they gotta get they gotta sell their paintings and they gotta like if they don't sell then 
you know, there's all, the, and that, that's when you get the starving artist, right? Exactly, exactly. And which is, yeah, that's such a completely different world, which mm-hmm. is, and kind of knowing myself, if I ever would switch to that lifestyle, I'd better make sure that it, it's going to support me. Like, I don't know about mm-hmm. yourself, but so maybe like, this probably is good that I went where I did go. But as I'm thinking about it, uh, I wouldn't give exactly that advice of like, okay, don't do concept art or design. I would just say, it's gonna be really hard, but yeah. it's possible. Like, uh, yeah. I like the idea that, well, especially where we are. You know, we're living in Vancouver, where the industry, entertainment industry, mm-hmm. is pretty strong. So, if, the, if your goal is to get a job in that field, it's possible. It's just yeah, keep in mind that these kind of jobs are a lot more competitive, and you know, you only need yeah. a couple of people on a project. So, and, and you're right in saying that. I mean, we live in Vancouver, where the there is a lot of those that type of work here. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you lived you know maybe somewhere in the midwest it might be more difficult to find a job doing concept art or i mean anywhere between bc or i mean between like vancouver and toronto you know yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> even i know there's uh i guess is, i think it's in edmonton there's a game studio but yeah either way if you're studying that that would not work we're here getting distracted <laughs> at the studio um as you know we're on Hastings street and people <laughs> come by and say hi or talk to us and yeah this is yeah anyways there's a little bit more distracting if only there was like a video component <laughs> yeah to this podcast. we'll get there eventually <laughs> and then you'll you'll get to have this magical experience with us <laughs> anyways path and all that i yeah. keep saying that word but uh, it seems to make sense um so do you see yourself transitioning into concept power to design uh hmm i don't know i'm i'm at a point now where i'm sort of not trying to define uh a specific goal. I do know that at some point I'd like to be self, uh, self-reliant on our self-sufficient with with making art of some sort. Uh, some sort. Um, so you know, similar to you, like uh, if I were to ever, if I if I were to hope to get a, away from st- studio work, uh, I need to find a way to be able to have sustainable income. And um, yeah. you know, I wh- whatever that is, you know, whether it's. Uh, you know, in one stance, you could sell paintings, or another way, you could make assets for digital thing. You know, any yeah, any yeah, sorts yeah. of thing. But uh, I th- I think that would be more my goal is trying to find a way that I can you know make my own hours and and not sounds y- like yeah. a dream. Spend spend the best hours of your day doing something for yourself, and then the the remaining hours doing stuff for other people rather than what it is now. Yeah, so the other way around, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, what are your hours usually? Like, what's your day like during the week? Uh, so I usually work at I start at 10 and then I, I typically go till 630 and, and okay. then it often will go through a stretch uh, where I, I work pretty late uh, you know and then after work I usually go to my, my personal studio slice of life and then I, I work there and then I, I'm there on the weekends usually um, especially now that I, I got that show coming up I'm, I'm like spending all my time mostly yeah, yeah. At, at the studio but uh, like you should <laughs> I yeah I can't yeah. say I haven't been enjoying it I, yeah. I do like when did you get into when did you get that studio space and that slice my friend uh, Jamie uh, she and I decided to rent there uh, last January okay, um, so not too long ago. yeah so we had it for a year and then and she just moved out um, this January my one of my good friends Alex has moved in with me and, and that's been really cool because he's such an inspiring guy too Alex uh, uh, you, you probably haven't met him he's oh, okay. uh, he's a friend of mine he's like a musician he's also an artist and a pro he does everything he's, okay. he's very bohemian people. so yeah, yeah. he <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> inspires me in that sense the, uh, 
before uh, I want to I want to go in this direction now in the conversation, but I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything about this uh, whole uh, your full time gig life. Mm. <laughs> do you think do you, are you do you think you're jaded by the industry? I was at EA. Now now I uh, you know what I think it was it's a mindset problem that uh, that anybody has in any industry, mm-hmm. um, especially if things come a little bit easier to you. Like I. I mean, I haven't applied for 3D jobs oh. <laughs> for a long time, you know, and, and it's like... You must be very good. It, well, it's... it's. I mean, there's just a lot of 3D work out there, mm-hmm. and I, I've, most of the jobs have come through people that I've known, so it's like, you know, once you once you know a few people that, that can hire, that has have the money to hire people, you know, it, like, for instance, EA, I could, I could get work at EA again if I needed to. So having things, having that you know come relatively easy um which it does for for you know once you get going in the 3d world it's yeah, yeah. you know you usually have regular work uh, you can you can kind of forget how good you have it you know how how good it is to come into a place and not have to dress a certain way or do you know <laughs> look a certain way and you can come in late and you know people don't hassle you for it and all that sort of stuff so uh and you're getting to work on art you know ultimately so i I wa- I I had that experience of being jaded, and then I had to remind myself, like, no, man, you're doing a, a, a what a lot of people would like to be doing. Yeah, yeah. But it, as you said, it, I guess it comes with the territory of just being a tool, a lot of times, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, as long as you accept that. But you're right. I mean, in the end, you're just you're not carrying mm-hmm. bricks or something. You're just painting. So. Yeah, and then yeah. you you know you see somebody who whose job is to carry bricks, and they got a smile on your face, and you're like that person has figured it out you know (laughs) (laughs) maybe making art is not is not the way to go (laughs) who knows um cool all right well uh now you got to tell me why why the name sirens of zoar oh okay yeah i (laughs) so that basically the the idea for the show um is uh i wanted like powerful mysterious sometimes sinister mischievous woman um, they're just something that I I always find interesting. Uh, so so sirens Azor means. Um, do you do you, uh, do you know um, like the biblical story of Lot's of Lot's daughters? Uh, maybe, but remind me. Basically, I think God was going to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, another town. Uh, I think which Lot. One, I don't remember why Lot was significant, but he he basically <laughs> pleaded to God and then fled to this this. Um, this little enclave city called um, called Zor, uh, th- th- that's the name, uh, and <laughs> and then basically I can't remember why, but his daughters made it, got him drunk, and then they they like got <laughs> children out of him basically, and then what? they they, okay. they had these lineages that came out of that, but I just like the idea of these like uh, these women who like are they kind of take over and they do it like in a very mischievous kind of like sinister way it's just yeah. like it seems like it's like a cool idea to me so i i and I, I like drawing that sort of stuff so um i i basically kind of name you know named it after that because it, it seemed like a, a cool idea and i li- I like those like biblical stories because they kind of stay with you you know i guess it's like uh, following the spirit are you religious or are you just re- i used to be, well i used to be uh, uh i grew up in a christian family so i have all those stories in my mind and i think they, they stay with you for sure uh but you know some like uh the idea of that is just you know i I couldn't really think of another thing another example i mean other than in modern culture but Mm -hmm. like 
basically I was trying to get the, the, the feeling you get when you listen to like Barracuda from Heart, you know? Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. No, I, <laughs> see, that's a good, good uh, description. You should have it blasting at the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to put a Spotify playlist. Yeah, in. yeah. No, I like that. It's uh, And you would not want to, well, I don't, I don't think you would want to draw into the modern culture. I feel like it makes it so much more special when you're, kind of studying the past and putting into the future as, as you are into your art show i think it's like drawing on these ideas mm. that like just add so much more depth to it as you're creating yeah i mean i mean i i, I shouldn't say that i like <laughs> I, I wasn't really thinking about the biblical story that much when i was making these pieces it's more just like i like the archetype of that but of it that. has the spirit is, yeah is, is what you're saying yeah and the name sounds cool i mean it sounds like a like some sci-fi book yeah or yeah. like fantasy book or something yeah yeah i was having fun like like stapling posters around town and just like it like i kind of like how it looks like some weird carnival thing where it's like come <laughs> come see this like oh so you know. already put them up the, the po- yeah you post like on your instagram right put some i put some posters up around commercial and main and 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 stuff and they already got torn down so really <laughs> yeah oh, thanks people. i gotta do some work today thanks for nothing people well we can go we can go put some more posters up uh, i'll help up. <laughs> yeah, yeah sweet uh what uh, as far as um artistic style i mean once again people if you're listening sketchbork that's uh, sketch and then b-o-r b-o-r-k if you want to look it up as we're chatting about it but uh is frazetta big inspiration oh man yeah, yeah that's yeah i've i've got like two frazetta books like, on my studio that i regularly look at for inspiration i've got like a poster i mean he's just i love everything about his work okay. and it's uh <laughs> you know there's there's definitely I definitely don't try to hide it, um, but now I've I've sort of been like finding other artists that inspire me. Like, I I kind of looked at him mostly as like this this is this is somebody making stuff that I think I I want to try and do something that that it doesn't have to be high art. You just have to to work at something you really enjoy and then get get good at it, and then you know it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But now I'm finding like other artists that that do. St- stuff that uh that are you know older artists um that that do some cool stuff that uh, inspire me as well um i mean and obviously you know i have a list of other inspirations not just him but uh, no i know that's uh, just because like the the really strong posing the ink work like to me is just it's it's almost like the tools but you i can like you are taking it and making it your own Mm. Uh, like uh but i guess i can see like i said like the strong posing and the ink work and you're doing really fine rendering and there's some reminiscence of that like is that the kind of art you grew up on uh, seeing or is that a, like a recent uh, interest uh no i mean i i got i got into i got into that sort of art since i was a kid you know i, I had uh, the warhammer books oh, yeah. and i i you know of course like i played like warcraft and all that and i grew up on uh, sam didier's work the concept oh, artist yeah. for that so you went to uh, sounds of the storm yeah 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 for sure <laughs> the, the little kid in kazakhstan which is me finding yeah. that website i was so happy there's so much good art there. <laughs> so much right and uh, and 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 what i loved about it was that they brought on they brought on like quote unquote better artists later on mm-hmm. um you know you have Rain Man and some of the other like Samwise. Uh, what's the, uh, well, there's and then there's that. Uh, oh, what's there's another guy who did, who's doing like all the big posters and stuff mm-hmm. for them now, but you know, and, and they are really cool and very compelling. But you take a look at those old pencil drawings that he did, and I, I you know, some of them were just on like note paper, and yeah, you yeah. can see the eraser marks, and they still have that thing that uh, that initially excited me. Oh yeah, that you can't really reproduce you know 
it's it's what people like just describe like the soul of the drone like that's, that's yeah. the feeling and the spirit is there yeah that's one thing it's a it's a slow lesson to learn but kind of realizing that sometimes like the execution the skill level doesn't have to be the end all be all kind of mm. like the it, it's the intention and the soul and everything behind it that also counts you know and yeah and uh, i'm sure the fact that it's also traditional medium once again pencil makes a difference especially to artists like us mm-hmm. I, I can see your interest be like uh, matching up with mine you know like whether it's, it's seeing that rough work or like the handmade things yeah a lot of value in that yeah no i mean i i and i i'm a sucker for that stuff too but when something's too rendered or, or too perfect uh it can you know can kind of take away the edge and um so let's see so for the show are you doing you're doing oils as well right is it like oils and ink or how are you uh yeah so i've got some i've got ink pieces and oil pieces and a, maybe a couple acrylic pieces nice how many you got let's see how hard you've been working <laughs> give us I've, the numbers i've got three large oil paintings nice. and i've got um six pieces i'm working on the final one actually still uh for like the actual like sirens azor thing which is all the all the you know powerful women um and then i have uh like a sort of like a tapestry thing uh that i did and then some smaller a couple smaller acrylic pieces and then maybe one more piece so i don't know how many that is very nice no that sounds like a pretty good chunk yeah and it's like it it, i think it's a a good amount for the size of space that it's in like Mm -hmm. you know we have the one gallery there so yeah yeah um i'm just i keep trying to think of a theme i like i mean i like your take on it especially in that kind of art world where um like once again even the going back to frazetta or some of those fantasy books you would see the cover would be like the big badass man and then the lady on the side just mm. kind of where i guess you're flipping it with i think it's it only makes sense and why not and like the fact that you're yeah just i don't know you're like you're saying this mischievous powerful women and i think for a while at least in that kind of art um genre mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah it's just not that well i mean i think that's why people found frazetta so compelling if you look at some of his work mm-hmm. um if you go back and look at it a lot of the times it was actually the women who were the powerful dominant mm-hmm. figure in the or or you know there's that trope of like the men who have like covered in battle armor and then there's a woman who has like a bikini yeah it's well still in, happening. in, in it's still his happening. in his work i mean the, the men were wearing the bikinis too like they always <laughs> yeah. had like a little <laughs> tiny little uh, and then and in the same and you always saw that their ass or whatever and it's funny that he had that egalitarian it's interesting he, he was not discriminating egal- as you're saying he wasn't no he'd show men's butts and women's butts and yeah <laughs> i guess as long as you treat it fair no but you're right the, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of him as well i got a couple of books at home and once again i really love that rough sketches book i don't mm. know if you have that one by him but yeah like the the, the woman with a spear is like a giant cat is jumping yeah yeah so much so much good work <laughs> uh but so the was that something you had in mind or is that like a is it parallel to just that idea that you had that you wanted to paint uh hmm. mischievous powerful women like you're saying to be honest i think that the idea that uh that theme was a bit more subliminal to me but uh one of my best friends jamie uh, who i st- shared studio space with mm-hmm. she's a you know she's a very uh socially active uh feminist who has stands for a lot of really good things and i really believe in her mm-hmm. and um you know she actually kind of told me she's like you know your 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 art makes your art uh empowers women sort of thing and she and she the way she said that 
um, it made me think about it a lot more. Sweet. And now I kind of have more more intention when I do it. Because, I mean, I was, I, I think I definitely have done pieces that could be deemed misogynistic or mm-hmm. some pieces that you go the other way. And, I, you know, I wasn't really thinking about it. And I wasn't, sh- you know, I, I also still don't, don't know how much one should think about that. But uh, she talks mm-hmm. about content a lot and, and that if you're producing content, you, you should be really thinking about what you put out there and and i i think i i i she got me on board with that idea so i i'm going to try and think about that stuff more but mm-hmm. still keep it you know in, out of out of inspiration and yeah yeah well that's really cool i feel like uh, kind of to create a well-rounded artist you should probably consider both right it's like mm-hmm. the visual the and the technical and then you know the conceptual side of it as well yeah um that's a yeah, I mean, it's still a tough one, but I try to think about it more, especially as we we're just talking briefly earlier about um, art being able to touch other people in different ways, especially people outside the art world. Mm-hmm. So you know, here, like here, here's the, th- the way you can do it as well, right? Like whether you're like you're saying empowering women or I don't know, just spreading some sort of messages. But mm-hmm. uh, that's something I've been thinking a lot about lately is how to, yeah, just how to how to have that extra layer beyond the fact that here's a picture. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. And hopefully that it reads so and makes people feel something rather than just being that. Uh, yeah, yeah, very challenging. I don't <laughs> know. It seems. Uh, but I think it yeah. can also it can also happen uh, naturally. You know, you, oh, you've yeah. you've done pieces where you know you, you, I've looked at it and and it strikes a certain emotion in me, and you might not even have been thinking about that when you're creating it. You do it maybe more naturally. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you're like I need that that emotion. But <laughs> some people, I think there are some people who who would be very disciplined about writing down what they're trying to achieve with each piece and mm-hmm. uh, and then there's other people that just they do something and it, it, it touches people in oh yeah I, I totally agree with you and the unintentional uh, is as important mm. and, and because you know there's no right way to do it it's yeah 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 but i don't know if you found yourself in that situation but when you find when you think the art is one thing and even in music actually especially and then you like listen to the artist talk about why they made the the, mu- the song or the piece and you're like Oh, that's kind of disappointing. Like, <laughs> I've had that experience in before. my head. It's so much cooler. You should. Li- <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's actually it's such a it's such a funny thing because you know I've I've had musicians who have really like been compelled by their their music and then I've heard an interview <laughs> and I'm like, man, like they didn't give a shit. Yeah, or <laughs> it just seems like they didn't give a or shit. Or just you find know? out they're like the biggest asshole and you're like, well, now I can't like your music. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've had that happen. Or you have to, to separate it. So you have to separate in your head. You have to. And and I think that uh, now, you know, some of the, the things that are happening, um, you know, in, in, the, uh, in Hollywood and stuff, I think we have to realize that uh, either we separate the artist from the art or, or we have to make a judgment call on the art based on the artist, you know. Oh, and that's a that's a tricky one. I mean, especially in in that world, you know, when it takes thousands of people to make a product, mm. and think of how many people are proud of you know working on those. Yeah. Movies. But yeah. then you're you know they're, um, what's the word? Not tattered, but tainted. Is that the tainted? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By this, uh, yeah. Like you said, what's happening? That's a that's a tough one. I don't know who who gets to make the decision and how, but it's definitely not an easy one yeah i mean my my opinion on it would be that uh we should respect the art by itself uh because you know any any good art is is moving the whole project of humanity forward but uh we often we also have to uh you know be aware that people in po- positions of power you know are going to 
you know, that's that's going to be abused, and we have to watch out for that. I guess more often than not, mm-hmm. is it just a human nature? It seems like it, yeah. <laughs> Sad. So, okay, everyone, let's not have any power. Let's <laughs> stay somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah, suggesting communism. No. <laughs> uh, so this uh, art that you've been making, uh, would you say, as you're, as you're, as you're saying, doing uh, personal work full time, and then the evenings go to uh, work stuff. Mm. If that was your life right now, was it, is this the kind of art you could be continue creating? Uh, the personal stuff. Sorry, I just yeah, I completely said that sentence wrong too. Like, so yeah, <laughs> what you created for the art show, the uh, at uh, for slice of life. Um, uh, the painting you've created so far, is that something you would be making if, you know, your full time was just painting? Hmm. Uh, hard to say. I mean, uh, this is probably my, my, this is my, f- my first, uh, attempt at trying to do something cohesive, uh, you know, and, uh, and it, it, I chose something that, that was something that was natural to me and something that, you know, I found comfort in. It's kind of like comfort food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that I, I would like to do, in the future some not all the time but some art that has uh, has a higher purpose maybe for for uh things that i believe in or, or things that uh, uh movements that i believe in mm-hmm. um so those tend to be a little less like uh axes and and yeah, barbarians yeah, yeah. And, and a bit more like evocative of of what's actually happening in the world so I think um, I think a good balance of that, you know, you got to mm-hmm. have your comfort food once in a while. And I was going to say, it's hard to say if, you know, better or worse is just uh, there are different, mm-hmm. uh, different aspects and there, like there's time and place for each one or yeah. like enjoyment once again, because like, if you don't enjoy doing paintings that are like political or something, then maybe that's not the path. But if you are interested in that's really cool. But is this your first uh, solo then? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really done anything like... Um, public before i i had one piece in a gallery with you actually that that yeah. uh federation gallery oh yeah yeah, yeah. um and, and then i guess after the mural fest the, the piece the same piece uh in in the the one on broadway there. Arts, arts, arts yeah, yeah uh but i haven't actually put together a gallery before so this is this is exciting for it's me it's very impressive you're doing a really big jump then here <laughs> not even starting slow you're just like hey here's a solo show that's awesome well i i i was wondering how people got to be prolific and i was like you know i i just struggle with motivation so much like you know most people do um and so i had the studio space with jamie and i was like making stuff but not with really any timeline or anything so it never really felt like i was working towards something and then uh matt matt delwin uh one of the artists at uh, slice of life makes some really cool stuff actually Mm -hmm. Uh, he was working on his show and just recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he, and then he, he told me, I was talking to him about it and I'm like, Oh, you're, you're doing a show. Like how, like, do you have a <laughs> bunch of pieces you're going to show? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to start making them soon. And I was like, and for some reason it dawned <laughs> on me. I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. You make a date and then you make the art for the show. <laughs> and yeah, right. that's such a simple concept. But yeah. then after that, I was like, okay, well I'm going to set a self a date. And, uh, it's been awesome because uh, you know you wake up in the morning and you like can't wait to get out of your house and get to the studio and get it's hard to do that without a goal in mind, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I think I probably had the same re- realization where it just, I feel like it's just like anything else that's a b- bit of out of reach where it's like, oh, how do you do this? Well, just kind of end up, st- yeah, just get up and do it. It's like you know creating murals. It seems so daunting, but it's like, how do you do it? Well, I just 
get a wall and then you paint it and yeah <laughs> but with art shows it's a little bit more tricky because uh, especially if you want to i mean galleries run different ways but often it seems like many are you know booked ahead like a year mm. two years in advance how how far in advance did you get your show how like how much time did you have when you signed up for it i guess well i ta i started talking to sheena about it um probably like may or june last year okay so um, it's pretty good I mean, yeah and so i guess i started i started working on uh man i wonder how far i've been away from the mic the whole no, time no. Uh, <laughs> i mean i can hear you i think people can hear you okay too. uh i started working on stuff for that show probably after mural fest um and which was august yep. which was august um and then i really started ramping up towards the end of the year and then in, and then this early part of this year so uh I knew quite far in advance, uh, which I think is important. You know, I mean, I guess if I knew, if I had like a month to do everything, it would be either really sloppy or I'd have like one yeah, thing. Yeah, done. of course. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's been nice, and I think that's a that's a good timeline. I, I need to learn how to balance my time better because I like found, all this. <laughs> yeah, I found that that was just really tricky. I, I felt like I was being very selfish a lot of the times, and I I, di I don't want that feeling, and I don't want to be selfish. You know, I want I want to be able to. To, to use my time with people and, and with my own stuff in it. I, I can definitely relate to you on that. And that's once again going back to it's like having that full time job and and yeah. then wanting to paint and then but then wanting to spend spend time with people and family and yeah and it's <laughs> incredibly hard to do both. But like so, uh, I mean, are, were those the challenges? What other challenges do you have? That was that was a big challenge for me. That just yeah. Um, I think I think that was the biggest one because you know I was, you know, I was dating someone and and and, and it's just difficult, right? Yeah. Because you want you know you want to be like, I I want to give you my time, but it's also like, how you know how how do you like, how does how does how does one balance that, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I think you've you probably dealt with that pretty well since you you're very busy. Uh, still learning. <laughs> yeah. Still trying to figure out how. I problem with me is that i think my like, my mind obsessive about it a little bit especially like it's the worst when i know either i have a project or i want to do something but i don't have a plan set or have it figured out hmm. so then i can't let go of it and i've been getting better at that so but usually for example you know with painting i'm working towards an art show right now oh yeah for Ju for july 26 at kafka so me um oh, cool. but as i mentioned to you like i'm doing a mural right now so last year i was kind of doing something similar and i was like freaking out and going crazy and trying to do both where I'm, I'm learning to do now just like completely forget about the studio stuff for a bit only mm. do murals so then i can once again like have the time for yeah everything else in life and it's not perfect uh, I yeah still once again don't have it figured out i don't know how it works honestly to be uh, i'm hoping that at least so far the plan is if i can get better in this commercial side it would be cool to either you know work four days a week or you know you take on less hours maybe freelance but i, I know there's alternatives but you mm -hmm. know to get to the to get to the point where you can demand your time and hours and i know it's possible because i've seen people do it you just you know gotta yeah. get a little better yeah so i don't know i don't know i'll let you know <laughs> i mean asking as it gets close to july we'll see how it goes uh, yeah, I'd love, yeah i'd love to see how you how you sort that out i think one thing i've been learning is that um just just having a, a lot of a, an amount of time isn't actually always the most effective thing you know you might you might if you're thinking about too many things at once like you said 
and it's overwhelming, it's very easy to waste that time. Oh, yeah. But if you if you're if you're mindful and you're you're focused, you know, you can make an hour have the same same productivity as 10 hours if you're not focused and you're, mm-hmm. and you're thinking about multiple things at once and I've seen that in my own life quite a bit and so it's something I'm trying to like be more I want to like when I go to the studio I'm going to spend my time just doing that when I when I go home I, I don't want to be working on art because yeah. that that was that's dangerous too I mean especially if, if you're with somebody you know you yeah. come home and you bring that with you like they pick up on that and, and, and you're not there with them, right? You're there in your head on your, on your painting or on your, your, your mural. I'm trying to get better at that. I, <laughs> I mean, I used to suck at that. I mean, still do probably, but yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a big one. And speaking of, yeah, being overwhelmed and it still happens if I have to do too many things and I sit down and I do have an hour, but I have to do like, I, I'm, in my mind, I have to do this three different things like mm. art related. I yeah, almost get paralyzed. Cause he, yeah. A- anyways, to me, once again, like I, don't know enough but hopefully learning about how to manage the time better and yeah yeah just okay this time i'm just gonna focus on this thing anyway so i'm a work in progress <laughs> too man <laughs> uh, how did you keep consistency as you're creating these because you mentioned like this is the first time you building a body of work that mm. feels like it belongs together uh what do you mean by consistency um visual or a- a- as all the pieces are related to oh, one yeah. another all right yeah uh so that was something i was interested in before i i even got the studio space i was trying to develop a style or figure out how to develop my own style and Mm -hmm. i found that you know my my style would seem to shift between pieces and it it bothered me but i was also i was also okay with it because i was exploring different ways of doing things Mm -hmm. um but uh i realized that you know the, the artists that i really admire they might dabble with different things but they get really good at a certain thing and then they get really good at another thing after that mm-hmm. and they, they, they they try it so i think the consistency is important um so when i was working on this show i thought the best way of doing that is to is to make a, a set of images um because the first image is going to be okay but then the last image is going to be something that you, you you're comfortable in it and then you're able to really get get mm-hmm. around with it and um and then just having having the intention of like starting something and finishing it in a row, I think you'll you'll especially if you do it in, uh, consecutively, like you're, you're gonna have that same style and that same level of quality throughout the different pieces. Um, That's very good advice. Do you hang your uh, pieces and like art um, on your walls as you're working on the other ones? Are they always in front of you? No, I'm no? too scared of getting like paint on them oh, or something. Yeah. No, so they're, they're hidden away in a little yeah. like uh, leather envelope. Uh, Very precious with it. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, because I don't know. It's it's like paper, right? And well, I was gonna say, especially paper. with ink stuff too. Like, yeah. man, maybe oils you can fix a little bit easier. But oils like, easier yeah. to fix. Yeah. When you get something on a white piece of like arches watercolor paper <laughs> it's in there it's the end i mean you can try using <laughs> some sort of whiteout everyone's gonna see it <laughs> yeah you can yeah. see it i mean i i had to use a tiny bit on one of the pieces and like there's just a, a slight tonal change in the totally. white yeah, and yeah. it's it's frustrating you well know? hopefully it's like you as an artist sees it and nobody else does but who knows yeah, yeah but uh, i saw that you're also making prints right yeah that's that's been a frustrating thing because I, I i really <laughs> want like the idea of like having these nice like Glycy prints. Sure. How does uh, it call it? Are you talking Gickly? Gickly? I don't know if that's. Called? I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Unless, yeah, you're, unless there's another thing. But yeah, go ahead. That or that cold pressing method where you get like these really nice papers oh, yeah. and that and 
I was getting excited about that, but it ends up being like at minimum $25 a print for the size I was going yeah, at. And I yeah. was like, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know how many people are going to be interested in prints that I'm selling there anyways. Um, that's probably something I'd like to do maybe after the show if people really want like a higher quality mm -hmm. print. So I'm just going to do um, prints on 100 pound uh, cardstock, which is a nice enough yeah. paper for it. When you're working on the show, is that something you thought about? The kind of is it going to sell? Do you have these expectations on yourself? No, I think that that sort of side of it, I am trying not to care about okay. now. I know I'll have to care about it more uh, as I try to become a bit more independent from from studio mm -hmm. work. But uh, but for now, I think that that would only that could only discourage me or or taint you know the the whole joy of it you know i I don't really want to think about that and to be honest the, the oil paintings took so much time and effort that i don't i mean i'd be happy to sell them but i also don't want to sell them you yeah. know i like i i i think it's kind of weird like some i was talking to drew uh at his studio and he was saying like i just paint something and i want to get rid of it as fast as possible and i'm like H how do you do that like i paint <laughs> something and i i i have this attachment to it maybe it's something you learn to get rid of well and both of you guys spend a lot of time in your paintings like uh, i was gonna say your oils are really intricate mm. it's really impressive the yeah i mean you, you really get into it some small brushes i guess in hours and hours and hours yeah and it, it's such a it's an exciting process because you, you enjoy you, that you, you're just doing something and then like you'll you'll yeah you, i mean you might notice this but something i've been trying to figure out how to ride the wave a bit better but uh, when you're in a flow state and you just do things <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh that's so cool and you just like stand back from it and you're like wow and then sometimes it's really and it's like sometimes you know you, you do something and you're like this is come on will this is not this is not <laughs> not good oh yeah and and it's that battle that constant battle when you're working on a large piece over a course of time you know it's it's like a relationship almost you know you put you <laughs> part of your part yeah. of your soul goes into that and uh and oh, yeah. so it's hard to get rid of for me i guess but so when i when i when i was uh had a piece up at the Burrard arts gallery yeah, yeah. that was like a day after a couple of days after i finished it and uh and i, I and then drew drew said uh, you know they were sell they were supposed to sell the work and i was like oh <laughs> you're no. so precious to you <laughs> yeah just price it price it higher that's what i did oh, so yeah. <laughs> so he's so i asked him how much i should sell it for and he gave me a number and then i just added <laughs> add nice. like a thousand dollars no one's gonna buy it um but uh, now that i've had it for a while i wouldn't mind selling it for. Th th price. that's what i was gonna say i wonder if like time kind of as you as you find your new loves that you work on <laughs> yeah i think that's it you just got to work on a new project and that was the first big oil painting i did so i was like you know, I was a bit attached to it, and I just finished it. But but now I I'd be okay with getting mm -hmm. selling it. I just don't know how much to sell, you know how much to sell and things how for. And so, how many hours are those oils paintings? Uh, do you know? Oh yeah, that uh, they're probably about uh, at least a month to two months each. How many days a week? Um, that's, that's a tough, tough to one say. to track. Yeah. I mean, I always have troubles with it. At as least well, like so. th at least three or three or four four days a week, and three days or four days a week. Yeah yeah that's a that's a big part of your life it is yeah but i mean it's uh it's for me it's time well spent i i i think it enriches uh enriches me and it's it's a it's a very nice feeling to to finish something and mm -hmm. put it aside what you're talking about that like the flow state i feel like i usually get that more in the beginning that the mm. first vlog out stage and then yeah once you get into the rendering and refining uh, my relationship with is with it is very different, I think, than you or Drew, for example. 
just because mm -hmm. uh, the kind of level you guys take your paintings to. Well, I also think yeah. I also think that uh, you have possibly more confidence at that stage. Um, I mm. I'm s I'm still like I know what I I know what I like, but I don't fully know what I want my art to look like when it's finished. Mm. So when I'm doing something and I'm rendering it. I sometimes I'll do something accidentally or I'll do something that uh, that's I'll just try something and it turns out really cool it's not like I know ahead of time that I'm gonna do it and uh, and so that that part is still where where that I'm, I'm assuming you know maybe if I did the same thing like a hundred times <laughs> or 20 times I wouldn't I would be able to like vision every every stroke yeah, from yeah, the beginning yeah. but uh, and, and that's where you need time on your side especially yeah really really to that when you have a full-time job is that uh, you know yeah if you want to create a look or you and you want to have consistency mm. ideally you want to you know do do a bunch of paintings that don't even go into it but like kind of just help you get on that path because what you mentioned is like not having an idea of what you want it to look like uh, yeah and i mean that's a big one right mm -hmm. especially when you see so much art to be to do something that's your own and maybe combines your influences that's mm -hmm. it's, like, it's a really big challenge and you know maybe that takes a lifetime who knows but yeah, yeah. Like knowing yourself and knowing what to make that's a well, I mean, the, f the other thing that I found uh, I need to, if, if, you know, if, if I do a, a show after this would be um, spend more of my time in the concepting stage and less, uh, yeah, just spend more time in the concepting stage. Or maybe, I think, I think that's where, that's where the real like burst of creativity comes mm. from, right? When you just have the the paper and and, and pencils and you're you're doing a bunch of sheets, and you're drawing, redrawing and and you know just fleshing out ideas and and throwing stuff down, um, you know, because I don't remember who said it, but it was like uh, you know, you're, you're the the painting is only as good as its first sketch or whatever, mm. right? And it's it's true. I mean, I, I think with digital mediums now, you can sort of uh, you can make up for a, a bad initial design. For sure. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I've definitely found that it's frustrating to be weeks into a thing and be like, man, I should have just composed this better <laughs> when I was doing it in like 30 seconds instead of yeah. committing to something because of time, you know? Yeah. But you have an extra added challenge is that the kind of art you do is like you also need to do the design and concept art. Like, that stage because yeah i mean you, you're drawing from fantasy elements and mm. here's an added element to it you know beyond just a painting is that like you're designing well, i don't know it's armor or like architecture like yeah. mechanics like that's a i'm sure that makes it even harder you know unless you're just doing i don't know are you that good you just do it on the fly design these things not necessarily on the fly but uh one thing that uh, the biggest thing i took from frazetta mm. is that uh he i don't think he really I don't think he really spent much time worrying about the design of things, even though he was a very good designer. He spent most of his effort and energy on focusing on where the values lie and how the image is composed. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if something comes out of a shadow and you only, and it's just a big blotch of shadow, oh, yeah. then you can, once you're at that stage of having the composition, then you can just, you know, draw from your inspiration and make yeah, those yeah. things cool. And uh, rather than try to because otherwise you'll fall into the problem of rendering everything too much and then just being too technical basically yeah right? and then yeah. it loses its life and it's it's luster okay that's interesting so i'm just trying to think just something you touched upon uh, all right well if not it'll, it'll come back uh go back to me um 
so I guess like oh, yeah, while you're working on a show, you don't have expectations, but you know March 15th coming up. Uh, apart from these posters you've been hanging out, are you getting excited for it? Or uh, you, <laughs> you said you still have some pieces to finish. I've got yeah one piece to finish for that. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. It's just kind of bad timing at my my job right now that uh, we're trying to get <laughs> uh, get a game a, a, a experience together for GDC, which is uh, in like a week. So oh, yeah. we've that's a big we're, one. We're trying to like do all this work for that and so that's been kind of stressful um trying to balance that but uh it'll be nice once once it'll be a ni nice feeling of relief um mm -hmm. once the, once the show is over and it'd be cool just to i want i want to show people what uh what i've been working on and, and what uh because i you know i've done art before and people have seen it but it's always been kind of like a napkin drawing or something <laughs> and, and it, yeah felt you know it didn't this feels like you know i'm genuinely showing people like this is kind of what i'm interested in this is my this is my my what i feel this is like my soul kind of what i like and not just that i mean here's something that took almost a year right that's the really cool part about it yeah, that, I mean, yeah that's true yeah this is so actually that's what i wanted to ask you is that why why an art show and uh, in, in why a gallery show i guess specifically well the opportunity was there a slice of life um, where I rent studio space like uh, Sheena and, and Ben put on a show once a month and so just seemed like a good thing to have a goal like yeah, yeah but what I mean is that so did you would you have considered like doing a graphic novel or book collections of your paintings mm. like that's what I mean you know why go down this avenue specifically yeah I mean I it, it is kind of a, a possibly a, a strange medium for what I'm what I'm the type of art I'm making. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't. I don't think so. I think <laughs> it's cool. Maybe, maybe a better. Uh, actually, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I. I think I like. I. I like the idea of, perhaps graphic novels or. Or, uh, comic books or something like that. But, uh, I think, what I really like about uh, about some of the fantasy images that I've seen that really, mm -hmm. really grab my interest, is it it's a capturing a moment in time where. <clears throat> it's capturing a feeling and there's some designed elements in it but a lot of it is is a story that the observer is making up when they see the yeah, image yeah, yeah. and i mean i'm sure you remember some pieces that really stuck with you a long time and i have this analogy of when i was a kid uh there was a water park near my house okay. and um there was this big concrete cylinder that was painted like a uh painted like a lighthouse okay and of course there's no door on it you can't go inside it's a concrete <laughs> block but my mind every time i went to that water park like i just imagined what was inside that that lighthouse <laughs> and i loved it i loved yeah, that yeah, there yeah. was no door if there was a door and you could go inside it would have ruined it for me uh, so i i like that uh that you can paint something and draw something and then just allow people to make their own stories up yeah, yeah. imagine more beyond it yeah mm -hmm. the power of art yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome oh, oh so then uh i guess if uh, i was asking why the art show why uh and then why traditional medium especially oils and hmm. inks um i well i used to do digital painting and uh and 3d work i was always sketching in my in my notebook and i found that i i do follow a lot of on like digital artists on mm -hmm. online like i i spend too much time on art station <laughs> Me too. um <laughs> but uh but i knew that I, well, actually one of the biggest things i i struggled with is coming home from work and then mm, painting yeah. on the computer was 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 difficult and also like 
I think because with digital mediums, you have an endless gamut of colors to choose from and endless possibilities of this and that. Like, I, I felt like I had like too many, there's, there's too many options. And the way that my mind works best is in a, on a limited palette. And so I started doing ink stuff because I felt like that would give me a really good understanding of tone and shadow. And I, and I would be able to just dive into something without worrying about all the possibilities. Mm, right. Yeah. And especially somebody like I, I struggle with color. Um, I, I'm colorblind. So oh, doing things with color was always a huge frustrating thing, like digitally, because like, it's one thing to, to make a flesh tone out of, you know, a cadmiums and, and, um, you know, other, other oil paints, mm-hmm. you know, you mix a few together and, and it looks, it looks all right. And, and a, when you have a big like square with every color imaginable trying to make a skin tone like mm. or like something like that i found that was very overwhelming sorry just saying you're able to restrict yourself better traditionally because yeah. i mean tradi- uh, you can still have as many colors as you i mean not as many as digital but like you can still buy 100 tubes of watercolor paint or something you can but i think too when you're working in oil like the medium the medium kind of teaches you about color because mm-hmm. it's um you know you you mix two colors that don't really n- that don't go together or aren't supposed to, that don't harmonize well and it it tells you and mm, yeah <laughs> true and then if and then if you do do it sometimes it'll like you get color combinations that are more natural whereas like on on a computer unless you understand color well you'll end up making pretty brazen mistakes and i did i mean i should see some of my old art was terrible like i would love to see it people was like people would like comment and be like why why is he orange or like why is she green and i'd be like so frustrated because i couldn't see it you know but so but what kind of color blindness is it it's a little bit of red and green color blindness. it's not extreme but it's enough that it's gotten it's gotten in my way a lot mm. uh, in various things so do you do you think can it benefit you or is it only like hmm. i don't know i basically just been trying to uh muscle muscle it out and i think i'm 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 at a point now where i'm i'm a lot more comfort comfortable with color than i used to be how how do you do it like do you just have to be super aware of what it is or is there tricks you can use to tell yourself hmm well i think uh i i have to be yeah more aware when i'm looking at things like any anybody who's into painting you know learns at some point that uh, you have to look at what you see and not what you what that's you imagine. a t- that's a big lesson to learn and it's and it's that's when you realize painting is a lot of hard work you're like oh, oh my yeah. god i have to be on this the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so bit paying more attention and um and then actually yeah in some ways just just telling myself like learning what colors things are because i've been in it's 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 a weird it's almost like a color dyslexia because it's not that mm. i can't see green and red i can see them fine but i've seen like a green vespa before and thought it was red it's like some oh. weird thing i don't know and it's happened before like my boss when i was working at when i when i worked with him like years ago when i was pretty new to the industry like i remember he brought me over and he's like hey will what do you think about the color like this cape or whatever and i'm like yeah i don't know if i'd go with like green and he's like <laughs> it's red and then <laughs> i was like Oh yeah, it is red. And then I just like <laughs> sat down and I'm like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Cause it's not that I can't see the color. Like I can, it's like just, I get confused or something. So trying to wow, okay. learn, trying to, you know, I think it's just like somebody with dyslexia trying to learn mm-hmm. how to read, you know, it, you just got to work with your weird 
kind of way that you, you read and, and make it your own. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, as long as it yeah it doesn't stop you too much from translating your kind of thoughts and visuals, it's good. I was um, just before I got here, I was listening to. Have you heard of the Collective podcast? Arsh mm. Thorpe. It's really good. I mean, it's. No, I don't. Think I, so. I got a lot of inspiration for this show f- from them. Anyways, it's, it's really good. But uh, he was talking to Marco Nello, who's a concept artist, and one thing they touched on is like, why do they like traditional work or like you know handmade things and one thing they brought up is the like the imperfections that you get mm-hmm. you know whether it's like the little ink splatter or like yeah. the way the ink touches the page and that and it's tactile and one thing they said which i haven't really thought of but it's so true is um, i think ash was saying he was like i wouldn't buy a digital painting to hang at my house like he's mm. like i would only buy it tr- and it and it totally makes sense. I, although you know, people buy digital prints, but I can, I feel like, yeah, when you get a traditional painting where it's like, uh, I don't know, the idea of it being handmade yeah. means so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's especially especially when something takes a long time because you know that the that that person was working on it with, when they were having good times and bad times, and they were they were working on it when they were having this drink and that drink and eating this <laughs> and that. You know that that you you've taken a part of that artist home. You know, and and that's a that's a cool thing that uh, you know. Yeah, I guess you could say the same with digital, uh, but uh, right. So well, it, that's why it's like trying to figure out that other other thing because just like you, I, I mean, apart from not having to sit in front of the computer, hmm. there's all these other aspects that somehow draw me towards, uh, yeah, painting. And you've also done murals, so you understand understand that side as well. It, it's just yeah. different, right? Those like, are a lot of fun, hey? Yeah. So are, are we going to see? Are going to be seeing some murals <laughs> from you this summer? Uh, I one of my friends approached me about doing one. I don't think I I, I don't think it works just the timing, but uh, there seems like seems like the cities. I mean, especially with the mural festival and, yeah. and what uh, David and Drew and the the rest of the, t- the VMF team have been putting together. Like, it seems like there's more focus now and a lot more excitement about putting art up in the city. So uh, it's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, maybe if uh, maybe if I come across a really good project or something, I, I would I would do another mural for sure. Sweet. I guess uh, I'll probably have to ask you this once your art show is finished. Yeah, I mean, but you, you did say you're you, you don't plan to stop at this point. I mean, there's more art shows and big ideas to come from you, right? Yeah, or or some you know I I'm not sure yet. I'm I'm also like trying to get um, commercial work doing fantasy stuff. So which has been <laughs> You're fun to do it all. Well, it's it's fun because it's like uh, I kind of feel like I'm going old school with it. Like there's this there's this metal band I'm really into right now. What's it called? They're called uh, We Hunt Buffalo. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I like I saw them live at like a ten dollar show at the rickshaw, and uh, they blew me away. And then I went up to the guy. I'm like you guys making a new music and they're like yeah we're actually putting an album together and i'm like who's doing your album art and then they're like oh we're not sure we're looking around and then like i kind of like bugged them about it and i was like okay i want to do it and then they're like oh, okay we'll think about it <laughs> and then like they didn't really get back to me and then i saw i went to go see them again and mm-hmm. then i like talked to the drummer or something nice. the next time and then i like bugged him about it and then he's like oh yeah uh, okay well, we'll think about it and then like i kept like messaging him and then finally like just the other day they're like so we want to work with you and i was like yes i was gonna say it should be the other way around they should be pursuing you especially that dude your art and metal band yeah i love the idea of like doing metal like and i know some i know some some bands so like we'll see where that goes like i'd love to do like covers and posters and stuff for that the album cover that i'll never forget is the man of war which one uh looks like the, like the guy standing on a hill almost like conan looking like i think raising his arm up um, oh i know what you're talking about yeah yeah but, yeah 
anyways so yeah there's definitely some cool yeah see that's that's what i'm saying those guys should be like running after you like can you make our art well i mean i i I don't know it's like um it's all about personal taste right like Mm -hmm. you might like fantasy art but you don't like a specific artist or you have like a certain bend right and there's there's so many ways of, of of making something um you know so like i understand it but i also think that like if you have somebody who wants to do art for you for your project and you have the option of hiring that person if, if they're decent and or another person who's who's really good but you know is just doing it as another project you're gonna get a lot more soul from the person exactly who's like yeah, yeah, yeah wants to do it right okay so. fine i take it back you chase it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't mind i wouldn't yeah. mind like just hunting down some metal bands and like trying. Uh, i'm joking I, uh, <laughs> it's like yeah pursuing the passion projects that's uh, yeah a way better time spent well that's what we were saying with the with the murals earlier right yeah. like Sometimes you gotta hunt down the hunt down the people who you want to do stuff for, or you don't, and then you just just go and do your own thing. True. That, <laughs> like it's so, like it's so much more. Um, I guess yeah. Let me see, because you've touched on how you want other people to see your art. To me, that's a big one, and I guess yeah, that interpretation is uh, something yeah, that's really important. Um, oh yeah, that's uh, one thing I want to ask is uh, um, what have you been to art shows that's b- that have been very memorable to you like are you trying to learn from the experiences of the places you've been to i haven't been to many art shows to be honest um as yeah. you're trying to make one that's why that that's <laughs> the that's a question i guess yeah yeah I, I don't really know i don't know much about art galleries and art shows actually so i'm just kind of trying to make stuff that i think is cool and and hopefully people will find it cool like, i i I don't know. I'm I'm sure I'm like probably stepping all over a bunch of faux pas in the art gallery world <laughs> or whatever. But uh, it means it's pretty straightforward. You just make some pieces and put them on the wall. Hopefully, people like them. Have a good time, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, let's keep going. Because uh, one thing I've noticed, uh, and I think we chatted a bit about before, is that I mean, it seems like you've traveled quite a bit, right? Or at least mm. you you have been places to me, um, especially as we touched on kind of yeah, spending time on your life not just the art and how that influences one or the other um i'm most curious about especially artists who get to travel and kind of what you get to bring back bring back home with you from mm-hmm. his experiences uh, is there anything that stood out let's well, be honest i i think i i could i have done quite a bit of traveling but i also was not as f- i wasn't as focused or um i i guess i, I just didn't have I, I didn't really see myself as like a, as trying I wasn't trying to do art really when I was traveling or before I was traveling mm-hmm. um, the last bit of traveling I did was a, a, couple, a few years ago okay and uh, yeah before that I, I really wasn't doing much artistically like outside of my, my work um, so I kind of didn't take the opportunity to really absorb in the best way perhaps what I was seeing so I I do draw on some of the stuff I've saw when I've traveled when I was traveling, but I think now, especially if I were to go, you know, I'm going to go to Australia next year for my sister's uh, wedding. Oh, um, you know, I'll, I'll be a lot more intentional about like absorbing when I'm what's around me, mm-hmm. um, especially since I'm not the most observant person sometimes. So, <laughs> really? uh, for an artist, huh? yeah, <laughs> it, I'm pretty. Uh, it's funny. I, I just don't notice things. <laughs> But I notice random things, like certain things that people shouldn't notice. I like to pick up on. Oh well, that's better. Uh, I would, once again, that's probably is what's going to make your art more special. Hmm. Because even if you, well, I assume like even if you're not looking for art specifically, I imagine these experiences kind of imprint on you almost, or hmm. you know, 
it's like you said, if you didn't pursue this uh, one career path, then who knows what it would have been. But it's almost yeah. like, you know, if you haven't been to this place, I wonder if that would have changed you. I just like, you know, opening opening up your eyes to other uh, like perspectives and lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, unless you unless you're really not observant, then you're like, oh, <laughs> am I in Canada or am I am I in Croatia? <laughs> well, it's it's hard to see. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, obviously places like Angkor Wat um, that are you know truly like like a different world. They they affect when I'm creating work, you know, or like some things that you see that you can't see here. Um, those things are. But I mean, a lot of times when I was traveled it was um you know there's it's just alternative ways of like things are similar to here but they're different mm. or they're like so unless i was doing something that was maybe art related to like landscapes or cityscapes or something that's more um more local i, I don't know how much i guess it would inform what i'm doing i imagine for the kind of art you're doing probably going to like a war museum yeah that, that for sure or yeah. like uh, I, l i love going to um the anthropology museums yeah. and that oh, and yeah. stuff and drawing drawing the little uh, super the, fascinating yeah. yeah yeah gotta do gotta do more of that um uh, with the your limitation on time and you know ha having the need or wanting to create how do you continue learning are you conscious of that i am conscious of that i there's some things that i've i've noticed as i'm working on this show that uh are really weak points that uh, that are obvious that I can that I can start working on and um, I think what I'm going to attempt to do is try and do a cycle of making and then learning and so after after the show I'm going to probably focus more on like the the fundamental things that I'm that I really struggle with I'm going to like try and like w maybe focus more on just trying to learn things mm. and then and then when I'm making something stop trying to learn and, and then just like while i'm waking something just try and just try and take from the uh in inward imagination mm. and when i'm learning take from external so that uh, you're in, i i think that's probably it seems like to me like that would be the, the best method because i find if i'm if i'm painting off of reference or something like that every, it looks static you so know you don't use reference for your that's one one thing i want to ask usually i don't use reference i'll, I'll try and like I'll study based on reference and and that, but when it comes down to actually like painting it or drawing it, it you know, I have used for sure. I've definitely mm. used reference for for a, a, a lot of things, and sometimes I will. But I find that my my the work that I like the most that I produce is usually from imagination, the, the poses and everything is. So is it's not direct, but for example, like uh, the painting you sent me that's going to be for the show. The I think it's a woman on a horse. Like, I mean, an anatomy yeah. for horses, and like that's. A, Yes. Not a subject. How how did that go? Well, the, the horse actually I did use reference for because mm -hmm. horses I'm not very comfortable with. But uh, for the guys around that and the woman on the horse and that like that that's from imagination because um, I first of all I find it incredibly frustrating looking for reference. Like there's I, something oh, yeah. in my mind and I just cannot find it. Can't, just, don't use Google anymore. <laughs> no, Google's terrible. Like it's I don't so know how it, how it, like there must be a better search engine. Uh, for you gotta artists. one thing I've been using lately is uh, Unsplash.com. I don't know if you heard of the website. No, I haven't. It's like um, website where you can use free royalty free photos but it's actually been pretty good is it like getty uh, getty images maybe but like in s without any like stupid stamps on top and all that annoying okay crap. but or like i mean pinterest is i guess is an alternative lately yeah pinterest is where it's like curated like if you find curated folders at least that's better yeah but yeah google is like you look up something you just get a bunch of like stupid logos or something oh man <laughs> it's yeah yeah so uh, 
yeah finding reference is a big thing oh but that's good good like i this this year i really want to start being more um like ambitious with like taking reference photos and stuff so i have a couple of models that i that i know kind of like surface level no but Mm -hmm. I'd, i'd like to like pursue and try and work with them and get some do some photos and maybe learn a little bit of that because uh, I think what I what I like to do and I've done in the past is I'll draw my poses out on paper mm. and then I'll take the photos of them trying to match that pose and it's it's fun yeah, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. fun it's like no no you gotta like move your like arch your back really and it's like it's kind of fun because you know exactly what totally. you want and then you use that as a reference for making sure your lighting and stuff is, is good I find that process easier as well where um, and then you can also you, you know you can show your design to the mod and be like hey this is what I'm looking yeah. for yeah, and I know people. I, a lot of people do it the other way, but um, also this way, it feels like you're you're more involved in in the, in the piece. Like mm-hmm. you're kind of looking for less accidents, a lot more deliberate, which is kind of fun. Because I don't know if you've been on shoots with models. If you're trying to look for something, I, it just it's just something that takes time. Not that it's wrong mm-hmm. or right. It's just it, it is. Um, it's like you have to learn this other skill of directing a yeah. model or some of your sh- shooting. Yeah, I. I have no experience really in that i i have had friends like pose for me and stuff and uh, that's been kind of fun um and i've posed for my own like stuff as well which is kind of <laughs> it's just always funny um but uh yeah i mean I, I i'd love to be able to just like show somebody who i who i think really captures a look well and, and be like this is what i'm imagining in my head like try and do something like this and then you know probably you'd get better results from them just trying different things out similar to what you want and, and yeah, get yeah, your yeah. accidents that way oh it's just good to see ideas mm-hmm. uh, for me actually like what i look for at least lately the stuff i've been making is the the, the weird odd poses mm. so then it doesn't feel posed. like unbalanced kind of or just yeah just just a little odd because then it doesn't feel like um it, it makes my job painting easy, easier because i get more of an emotion from it because then i feel like because it's weird i can kind of push it in more different ways mm. or for example if you get a photo that's a little blurry I feel like it's quite nice because then I, uh, I I try to and I don't always do it but I try to go for a balance where I still get to make things up or adjust them b- because <sighs> yeah this is when like me talking through my process and, and still trying to figure out but I don't want to just copy a photo or reference that I've made even though it's my own and I've made it and you adjust it and color correct it mm-hmm. and maybe you break it or photoshop it to me uh, in order for me to feel like I'm making an impact and making changes rather than like scanning a photo I need to like I want to be able to change things on the fly because then at least once again in my head it, it feels like like the person this person right here like mm-hmm. is, is making those changes and yep. consciously making those decisions as you go which is why I think you know for example concept art and design is so fun because that's pretty much you know all you do is like you're trying to be creative with it while, while sometimes I forget to do that in the fine art side anyway so uh, sometimes what i would do actually is like i would have a bunch of references where i combine them because that way it's like it's not one image you're working with you end up making something rather than copying mm-hmm. something you know what i mean yeah, yeah and it seems like you do that a lot more Reference because sheet. because you're just either you're working from a drawing you've made yeah uh, yeah i i think i think that's really important and the stuff like I, the, the thing i want to get better at it and and practice more and and is um like having the having the poses and having that uh the the composition laid out once you have a rough idea of that the you know, kind of blocked in a little bit then you can really play with shape mm-hmm. and, and design and 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 make that work for the composition rather than trying to make a composition work for the design because i i think i've always that 
ends up for me with a more rigid uh, picture. Usually it ends up being like a, a kind of static illustration. Whereas if mm. I fit my designs to the composition, yeah. you end up, you, you still have interesting design, but the, the composition really gets sold better. You probably get more gesture and dynamic movement. Definitely, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that's like, I mean, you've done live drawing, I'm sure you know. Like it's like, yeah, building up from the, uh, from the mm. gesture first to that, like, yeah. It's a good process. Man, time is flying by. We, um, I know you want to touch on a podcast or show your plan to do, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So Jamie, the girl who uh, was was renting the space with me before, um, mm-hmm. she has a podcast called Engaged Citizen X. Cool. Um, and it's talking about uh, she's, she she interviews people and talks about uh, sort of l- local issues, policy, uh, um, e- uh, equality, and. Um, talk about feminism uh, indigenous uh, rights um mm-hmm. uh, uh, black black lives matter sort of like she's just trying to make conversations about things that uh, that she thinks are that are that are really important um and uh so me and her are gonna do a, a show actually we're interviewing um an awesome uh, contemporary indigenous artist uh, john velton and uh, his mentor Rick today at the, mm-hmm. their their place in the reservation in uh, uh, North Van, um, or sorry West Van, and uh, we're going to be talking to them and uh, 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 Deborah Sparrow, who's a Musqueam uh, weaver, mm-hmm. uh, and a, and a few other people. Uh, I can't I can't recall the name off the top of my head. Uh, just about like all these issues that I'm really interested in, and I really want to know. I want I want to get a more comprehensive answer on like uh how does uh how does public arts and and indigenous art affect the dignity dignity and and the uh the um livelihood and and all that of of the people who live in that community Mm -hmm. um and specifically like indigenous art because i think that uh you know say for instance like strathcona that whole area is getting like you know gentrified Mm -hmm. um and you know you can't really stop that machine but if we can get a maybe more cohesive and and clear understanding of what would really help the people who really live in that area already you know which most i think almost all the most of the percentage of indigenous people in in uh, vancouver live live over there Mm -hmm. um you know if if you get what what they would like and what, what really would um make their lives easier you're going to have a better result, you know, even if you're just looking at it from like a purely corporate way, like, you know, having people that are happy in the place that you're you know, it just, yeah. So there's that. And, and there's tons of other issues we're going to, we're going to dive into, but uh, uh, I mean, that's, you're tackling some giant subjects huge, there. Yeah. Huge things beyond, you know, obviously beyond, uh, beyond all of us. But uh, I think I, I'm, I think I'm, it's, it's good to have this opportunity to be able to talk to people and, um, she, and she's, she's great at just like, really trying to get piercing answers to some of these questions and um trying to make conversations so i'm excited about, i'm really how, excited how about do you that. get involved in that or how is this being put together uh <clears throat> so jamie uh has had this she's on this is like her this is going to be probably like six or seventh episode oh, cool. i'm not sure yeah, yeah. she's she's fairly uh, new to podcasting mm-hmm. as well like uh, started a little bit before you mm-hmm. um and uh and you know she's like a best friend of mine and we always have really good conversations. Uh, you know, we have kind of, we have similar views in a lot of things, but a lot of ways we think we think a lot differently. And so we, we, 
we tend to clash a lot in a good way and we both learn from each other a lot <laughs> yeah. and we have really productive conversations all the time and in uh so uh, you know and she she had a co-host at one point and i guess the, the, the other girl had left um or, or just wanted to do other things and so she you know she, she asked me if i wanted to do one with her and she asked what i was interested in and i and i had that that idea to do one about the um indigenous public art and she wanted to do one about public art and um and and indigenous uh, rights and we so we just we, i don't know it, it just kind of came together and, and it's been cool because you know just people that seem like they'd be key people to talk to have been coming forward um that's cool yeah in a really natural way and and just in, through people we know uh so th- that's just really exciting like well, well and it's something like you and i just touched on before the show started as like having these i don't know you could say official places for conversations <coughs> yeah it, it it makes it special but also makes it valuable and i think our people are more willing to think constructively and really speak their mind and I, that's why i really love the medium and i, I enjoy mm. doing this show i always get excited i know i learn a lot and as i mentioned like listening to for example the collective podcast like um i really like that they this medium has been so strong and emerging and i like i, I guess that's why i'm really happy to be part of but yeah just the fact that having these official places you can get so much out of it there's they're just so much better than the alternatives we had for mm-hmm. you know like a news hour or something like that or like a like a talking hour where yeah it, it, it's just not organic at all and and uh it, this this is a way better way to have conversations i think yeah and to be honest i don't know if hope i don't know if it's going to solve any problems but at least you're going to be able to hear like a full perspective or a full case on something you know the fact that we could just could you know chat about for i guess i mean we're almost at the end of two hours is i think it's pretty sweet you know i as an artist i would love to hear other artists speak take time and really break down their process or mm. life or their ideas for the show yeah uh, anyway so the, so the fact that you're doing is gonna be pretty interesting as well and um yeah hopefully i guess in some way beneficial how many people are gonna do it like you mentioned a couple of people in the yeah so we initially we wanted to have uh we, we the plan originally was just have one podcast uh, and just have uh, a few guests but uh one of the one of the big issues that uh, we're going to talk about probably in a follow-up episode just because it's so much such a huge <laughs> yeah. thing to even try oh, yeah. and talk about is um the disparate views of uh, of different indigenous bands in vancouver like you it would be disingenuous to talk about indigenous rights if you only talk to say coastal salish people and you didn't talk to like you know somebody who's muscular or you didn't talk to some, people that are like you know you can't have a conversation with just one, one person from one band you need to try and try uh, try your best to 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 reach out and get different perspectives on it um especially since you know that they you know we're all human that we don't all agree on on things even within our communities so um there's just so much to talk about there uh yeah and 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 this so this one is um the the one we're going to record today is going to be part of one episode and we're going to talk to other people that so we're not going to do it all live uh mm-hmm. we're going we're going to record some yeah, yeah, yeah record some other uh other conversations after cool man damn we're i guess <coughs> well, we have to wrap it up unfortunately i um man i i have <laughs> the ipad in front of me there's plenty of questions still so as always i think we'll just have to continue this another time one thing one question i want to ask at least part of the recurring questions i'm always curious um uh is uh, 
what advice would you give yourself before you went into post-secondary? Hmm. If you could, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, maybe just to value myself as an artist instead of, yeah, just, just to see myself as, as an artist. I didn't really see myself as an artist until, uh, the past couple of years, maybe where I actually started to be like, Oh, I, I make, you know, I, I, I create things not just like a doodler or like a, you know, mm -hmm. like a, a, a gamer who I don't even really play games that much anymore, <laughs> but like, a you know, like I, I just kind of saw myself as somebody who like, like to doodle and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I think you, you it's so it's it, it's been so helpful for me to like at least frame myself as as thinking about it a bit more like uh um specifically you know like it's not the right word but try try and like tell yourself you're you're something that you want to be and then you're gonna your actions and stuff are gonna move towards that whereas if you if you tell yourself you're not something or you're, you're kind of like belittle yourself before you even get there <laughs> it, it hinders you so just accepting your fate as an artist <laughs> helps you just well just yeah just be like you know uh, or just take maybe take it more seriously or, or, or i don't know uh, that's really good advice <laughs> i'm just trying to understand um yeah uh, the difference you know once you understand and accept it i guess maybe you end up making more serious decisions or better decisions with it i think you do i, I mean i definitely once i started to see myself as like somebody who you know creates art and and creates it for yourself and other people like you take it more seriously and you do it more intentionally and not serious in like a, a way that like takes all the fun out of it just means that like you prioritize it in your life you know mm -hmm. cool man sorry have to wrap <laughs> up unfortunately uh, um yeah once again i appreciate you coming onto the show do you want to yeah. do uh, uh just let people know how they can get in touch with you and the the podcast that you're mentioning Sure. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, sketchbork, B O R K, and uh, you can follow the uh, Engaged Citizen X podcast that uh, Jamie hosts at uh, uh, what's her Instagram handle. You can look up Engaged Citizen X, and uh, you'll you find go. a website and Instagram. Uh, and uh, yeah, or come by the studio on um, come by Slice of Life on Thursday this yes, week, that's March fifteenth. Right, yeah check it out what time 7 p.m 7 p.m venables and i think it's called to close to commercial street uh yeah yeah that's right i mean that's why we're here I think. <laughs> it's really exciting i can't wait i'll definitely be there so yeah sweet make sure to go check it out well thank you so much uh, i guess before i finish this actually one thing i wanted to mention is that uh if you're wondering well this whole uh, show so far has been so male centric i <laughs> i wish you knew how hard it was to uh, work with people's schedules but uh do not fret next show we're gonna have uh, the amazing tara williamson getting onto the show and Ooh. talking about her illustration and art and uh, art breakers and a lot more so uh, yeah I, i'm working on it <laughs> I, I i'm very aware i want to make sure that you know this show uh, is i guess has it represents everyone and multiple opinions and so yeah <laughs> it's happening and it's all uh, it's gonna yeah just lots more uh, to come uh thank you so much will really appreciate it um been awesome well if you want to find out more about the show go to uh creative theory podcast on instagram and facebook we're out there if you're going to be missing some art conversations next week on sunday we got our good friends from snackcast uh dropping mad knowledge and making you laugh all sunday otherwise um thank you so much for listening and uh, i'll take you out with uh 
Kay Trinata got it good. Remember when we started Remember me and you creeping around late at night And yeah, you held me down when I had nothing And that's the reason I was for you now that I can My hand meets your hand Our love isn't plastic But here's my credit card, not gonna max it The fact is, it's no stress Baby, I got this Treat you like the queen in Buckingham Palace, yeah Quite rare, one of a kind, and do anything I can to please my highness. Yeah. 